0: Hello to everyone. We're thankful to be back another time that we might study and look into the Word of God. I greatly apologize for not uh, having a study for quite a while. I look back, looks like the last one was December the 22nd, so it's been several days, and that's our fault. We tried to study, uh, have a study, record one multiple times, and uh, just never seeming to have time We've been busy, we've had sickness, we've had a revival, uh, several different things since the last study, but um, we're thankful that we've got the time, the Lord's allowed us to to do another one, and I'm just, I apologize that it's been so long. But we left off last time in 1 Kings uh, chapter 22 is what we got down to. We saw last time the end of chapter 21, Elijah had come to meet with Ahab in the uh, Naboth's vineyard. There he proclaimed the word of God unto him, the judgment of God for his actions. And if you remember last time, Ahab sat in sackcloth and ashes and was sorrowful because of the word of God. He, He hated Elijah. He hated the word that he brought. But Ahab had enough knowledge and understanding to know what Elijah said was indeed the word of God. And when this judgment was pronounced from the mouth of Elijah, Ahab didn't blow it off as nothing, but he knew that this was the truth. And he put on sackcloth and ashes and was sorrowful at the words of the Lord. And God took notice of Ahab uh, being mindful of the word of God, even wicked Ahab. And as he says in Romans chapter number four, it's God that justifieth the ungodly. And certainly he's able to do that. Now we don't want to cast the wrong light here. Ahab did not repent. He did not turn from his wickedness or his wicked ways. We're going to see that in chapter 22. He didn't turn from idols, but he did know the word of God was true and he was sorry at the word of God. But not enough to bring repentance. And we know without repentance, there's no salvation. And so Ahab was not a saved man in the least bit. But God did take notice of Ahab's sorrow at the word of God. So now we come to 1 Kings 22. And this is another chapter where Elijah and Elisha are not mentioned. But it's an important chapter in our Uh, study because we're going to see Ahab, he's going to go to battle and here he's going to lose his life. There's going to be a partial fulfillment of the prophecy of Elijah uh, and certainly in the years to come all of the word of God would be fulfilled but here we're going to see Ahab fall in battle and uh, I don't want to to break down the chapter maybe as in depth as we do previous. We we could be in this study for a really long time, Um, but I do want to skim through the chapter and bring out some of this. Let us see what's going on, Um, and I guess if the Holy Ghost would press, we'll look maybe a little deeper in places, but um, we'd like to try to get through the chapter today, maybe in, in one study. But chapter 22, verse 1 And they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. So now, we've mentioned this several times and I'm sure that all Bible readers know this and know it well. But Solomon's son, Rehoboam, when he became the king, the kingdom split. Judah and Benjamin and the majority of Levi, they stayed and they are referred to in the book as the kingdom of Judah. And there the throne was in Jerusalem. And the other 10 tribes, they split off and became what's referred to in the Bible as the kingdom of Israel. Now Jehoshaphat, he was the king of Judah. He was there in Jerusalem as the king. Ahab, the king of the northern 10 tribes. So two separate kingdoms here two separate kings they've got two separate natures and here they are and, and Jehoshaphat comes down to the king of Israel and the king of Israel said unto his servants know ye that Ramoth in Gilead is ours and we be still and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria so Ramoth Gilead uh, and, and Israel city but it had been captured and been in the hands of Syria for quite some time. And Ahab says, you know, that city belongs to us. We're going to go take it back. Whether God directed it, and we know God did not direct uh, Ahab to do this. But here Ahab says, that's mine. I'm going to go take it from the king of Syria. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth-Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art. My people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. Now, by record of the word of God, Jehoshaphat was a good king. He was a king that feared God and was one of the good kings of the kingdom of Judah. And yet here he is, and he's going to make a league with the king of Israel. You know, a lot of times for friendship's sake or uh, for advantage, Uh, We'll make agreements, but great care has got to be taken. He's going to throw in his hat here with a man of the devil. And in doing so, he's going to approve of what Ahab is doing. Um, So certainly not the will of God. And God's going to speak to Jehoshaphat about this very thing. He should not have went to battle with Ahab that it was rebellious against God. And so he says, I'll go, I'll go with you, Ahab. I'll do whatever you want to do. My people will be like your people. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. So Jehoshaphat agrees to go, but he says, look, Ahab, and Ahab, an idolatrous and a wicked king that has no mind for God whatsoever, he's not inquiring of the Lord what to do whether he should go or not. And you can see David doing that and other kings as well. Uh, They'll ask the Lord, what do we need to do here? Do we need to go up? Do we need to fight? Should we stay where we are? How should we approach the battle? They're inquiring of the Lord for direction and for guidance. Ahab, a man of the world, a man that does not care about God, he is not making any inquiry at all unto the Lord. He just says, I want to do this. This is what I'm going to do. We don't need to inquire of God. But Jehoshaphat, a man of God, he says, look, Ahab, we need to to ask the Lord here. And so in verse 6, then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, And said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? So he's going to call these four hundred prophets together. And, you know, I can't say for certain, but if you remember back in uh, chapter number 18 of this chapter, where Elijah called all of the prophets and Ahab up to the Mount Carmel, and there the fire of God came down. If you remember in that, verse 19, chapter 18, verse 19 of 1 Kings, Elijah says, "'Send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel "'and the prophets of Baal, 450, "'and the prophets of the groves, 400, "'which eat at Jezebel's table.'" So these 400 prophets here of the groves, most likely that's the same 400 that we see in chapter 22. And if you remember when we studied that, we, you see as you look on down through here, the 450 prophets of Baal, they show up at Mount Carmel. For whatever reason, the 400 prophets of the groves are not there. And in this judgment, after the fire falls, all of the prophets of Baal are slain there. And had those grove, prophets of the groves, been there, I think it would be reasonable to say they would have been slain with the prophets of Baal. However, for whatever reason, whether it was Ahab's choice or Jezebel's choice, these prophets were not present and they were not slain at this time. And we see them again here in chapter 22. And these are the men that Ahab calls to inquire of the Lord, and you can say that with air quotes, it's certainly not God that they're seeking here, but it's in a a deception, a deceiving, a type and a shadow, they are inquiring of the devil here, who's going to tell them exactly what they want to hear, And, and that's what Ahab's looking for, he's not looking for the word of God, and we'll see that in just a minute, He's looking for encouragement in His way. And if we're not careful, we'll be found in that place that instead of truly seeking after God and His face and His directive, His will and His word, instead, we'll be seeking after what we want to hear. And if it is not what I want in the flesh, then I I don't want to hear that. But you see, Ahab, he calls these prophets together. Shall I go or shall I forbear? Well, Ahab wants to go. So how do you think these prophets are going to answer? And they said, go up. For the Lord shall deliver it under the hand of the king. Why, go on, Ahab. It's what you want to do. You go on and the Lord will be with you and the Lord will bless you. Now, that's that's the opinion of man today. I'm going to go do as I please and God's going to bless and be with whatever that I do. Now that's not the case. And certainly it's not here. And I don't know what kind of show they put on here, but they answer exactly what Ahab wants to hear. And those that are not seeking the true face of God, they're always going to hear what they want. And they'll turn off, they'll turn aside, they'll cast away that that don't agree with what they want in the flesh, they will compromise, and it's, it's just the truth. I've seen it, seen it many times. I want to do this. This is what I desire to do, and I'm going to seek after approval for that, and I'm not going to hear any other thing that disagrees with what I want. And that always leads to destruction of one fashion or another. It, it never works out spiritually to the good of man though it may be what's good for my flesh my flesh may be much happier in itself spiritually it leads to darkness and deception and people have led their families their children uh, away from the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and away from the Holy Ghost by their directive and not by the leadership and directive of God and it's it's pitiful but that's what Ahab's going to do. He's going to follow into his own destruction a word that was never from God himself. So they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it unto the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? Now Jehoshaphat, a man that has some spiritual understanding, some discernment, and ability to see through the shambles and the lies here, he knows that this is not inquiring of God. He says, is there not somebody that we can call that knows the Lord? These men don't know the Lord. And I believe Ahab, down in the depths of his heart, was aware of that fact. We know that Ahab feared what Elijah said, he he knew that Elijah was a man of God. Well, he's going to know this man is a man of God here, uh, Micaiah. But Jehoshaphat says, look, we need, to, we need to inquire of somebody that's able to get a hold of God. We need somebody that's able to tell us the truth and reveal the word of God unto us. And there, you know, uh, the house of God, There's many buildings and places that we could reside. But my God, the most important thing is that the the leadership is led by the Spirit and by the Word of God. So much is established on man, man's doings, man's workings, uh, helping people, all of this business. My God, if we're out of the Word of God, we've, we've missed it as a whole. And so the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imla, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him, for he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. So Ahab says there is a man that's here that's able to get a hold of God, but I don't want to hear what he has to say ain't that something? I know what he's going to say. Ahab knows where he's at. He's got enough sense about him to know what the word of God is going to say to him. It's always evil. He never has anything good to say. Well, friends, if you're in continual rebellion to God, God's word's never going to agree with that. If we're leaving God, God's Word's not going to line up with that. It's going to be opposed to that because God would desire repentance and a returning to Him, His Word, and His directive that we would not lead ourselves to destruction. Thank God that the Word's opposed to me when I am in rebellion against God, that the Word don't lead me down a road to rebellion and my destruction, the word calls for me that I might turn myself to the gospel. So Jehoshaphat says, don't say that. Lord have mercy, Ahab. How could you say something like that about a man that you say yourself is a man of God? And you see, it's not not the man that there's a problem with. It's what he says. That's always the case. It's always the word that the man of God preaches. Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hasten hither Micaiah, the son of Imla. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat each on his throne, having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets prophesied before them. So he has sent out an officer, to go fetch this prophet of the Lord. And while they do this, they put on their robes, and they sit down in an empty place, and they're waiting on this man to come. So you can see the picture Here's the two kings. They're in their royal garments. They're sitting on their thrones. They're waiting to hear from this man of God that they're inquiring of. But now do you reckon that Ahab is sitting there and in his mind, he's wondering and and desiring to hear what God's got to say. Ahab's mind already made up. He's already decided that he's going, that he's going to war, that he's going to win, and that he's going to take back what belongs to him. Now that's Ahab's heart, that's his mind, that's his desire, and that's what he's decided. He's going to sit, not in attentiveness to the word of God to see what God would really say to him, because his mind's already made up. He's going to sit in contradiction to God, and we'll see in a minute how that he responds. But now as they're sitting here waiting for the officer to go fetch the prophet. These 400 prophets of the groves, they're still putting on a big show. My God, what a show that it is as well. We've seen a show on the top of Carmel from the prophets of Baal. These prophets here, they're going to put on a show that would encourage Ahab to his own destruction. Now that's what religion and religious services are. They're a show and anything It doesn't matter, does not matter what it is. Anything outside of the motivation of the Spirit is a show and not the real thing. So the prophets prophesied, and Zedekiah, the son of Shanaanah, made him horns of iron, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, With these shalt thou push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. So he has horns of iron now, and he's saying, Ahab, you're going to be like the big oxen with these horns, and you're going to do with Syria exactly as you please and as you desire. You're going to push them back until they're consumed. You see how that all of this is there to work up the flesh, to encourage the flesh, and it's all Aligning with what Ahab would want to hear. Now, is it the truth? Is Ahab concerned whether this is true or not? Are people concerned whether it's true or not? Honest, it doesn't matter. You can lay out what the Bible says, you can reason with them spiritually. Well, did the Holy Ghost lay that on your heart? Well, no, not really. But that don't really concern me. I'm not concerned about what the truth is. This is what I want, and this is what I want to hear. And by golly, this is what I'm going to do. Well, Ahab, his mind is made up, and the devil has a man there. and, and, And not just to say it, But to put on this show with these horns of iron and encourage it and say you're able. You're able to go and you're able to win. Boy, that's the devil. You're not going to surely die. You're going to win. You're going to be on top. You're going to have the victory. You're going to know good and evil and you're going to be like God. You just, you do what you want to do and it's going to all work out. God will be with you. God will be for you. Leading to destruction is what they're doing. So Zedekiah says this with these horns of iron, And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth-Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it unto the king's hand. So they're all in agreement. Maybe Zedekiah, maybe he's the, the leader, the head prophet, Doing this show. But boy everybody else is chanting right with them. In agreement. You see here is the agreement of devils. Nobody here knows the Lord. Jehoshaphat's well aware of that. The Holy Ghost isn't inspiring any of these prophets. It's all of the flesh. Jehoshaphat's aware of that. Ahab is aware of that to an extent. Because he knows that they're not prophesying what the man of God would prophesy. And so, uh, let's look on down now, verse 13. And the messenger that was gone to call Micah spake unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that, which is good. So now look at what's going on here. You've got 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. You've got one man, Elijah, speaking for God. Here, you've got 400 prophets of the grove speaking for the devil. You've got one man that's going to speak for God. You talk about outnumbered. And boy, as far as the head count of man goes, the gospel is outnumbered today by the men that the devil have promoting lies, deceitfulness, and things of the flesh. If you want to go the wrong way, I promise you, there'll be more people agree with you and pat you on the back than there will be that'll tell you the truth and call to your attention the Word of God. There'll be more to encourage you away from the truth than there will be encouraging you to stay with it. And that's exactly what it was here. But now, you know, what is one man among 400? If we had 400 men in our Congress today, and uh, 401 men in our Congress today, and 400 of them was saying one thing, and one man was in disagreement with every one of them, what's that really matter? You know, really, really, that that one man, he's not going to, uh, he 's not going to change anything; he can't vote over them what 's it matter if one disagrees? I tell you that in that picture that doesn't matter. but when it comes to the Word of God, the Word of God comes with such weight, with such conviction, with such power that we don 't we don 't want one man. To stand up and speak the word of God. It's going to overthrow what all these 400 men have said. The word of God has that kind of power. And if I'm going to go my way. I'm going to have to shut off the word of God. Because the word will speak to my heart. And let me to know the truth. About where I'm at and where I'm going. And thank God that it does. Though though it's hated. Lord have mercy how hated that it is. Men thinks, and you know, I I guess that's the good thing about recording as we are here. I'm sitting alone. There's nobody in the house with me right now. I have absolutely no idea who's going to hear this. So you can't say, well, he was directing that at me. There's no way that it's possible right now. For me to direct it at anybody. Whereas if we were at the house of God today and you were sitting there and I was looking at you and you were looking at me, you could say, well, he's directing that to me. In reality, the Word of God is the Word of God. If the man of God is preaching the Word and it's by the Spirit, then it's the Word, whether it's directed, and I'm not saying we ought to direct it. Don't take that wrong. It's the Word of God, period. The devil is the liar. And the devil says, "Listen here, bud. This is what everybody's saying. This is what the king wants to hear. Just get up there and agree with it." Boy, be something if that if it was that easy, wouldn't it? Just say what just say what people want to hear. Don't get up and disagree. Don't preach the truth. Don't tell the king that he's going to die. No, don't do that. Just tell him what he wants to hear and let him go on and die and lift his eyes in hell. Boy, that's, that's a hard saying. But that's what people want you to do. They want you to stand up, agree with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove, don't preach the truth, don't convict of sin, don't find me lost and undone. Tell me what I want to hear. Tell me smooth things, so I can just go on and die and go to hell, so that I can lead my people down a road to hell, so that I can lead my children away from God, so that I can bring them out of the gospel and take them down somewhere where they can be deceived. I tell you that there's no reasoning there. Micaiah, you go and speak like everybody else is speaking. And Micaiah said, as the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. Now there is a a man of God. What's he going to speak? What the Lord allows him to speak. He's not going to be moved by pressure. He's not going to be afraid of being outnumbered. And he's not afraid of hurting Ahab's feelings. If we're not careful, we'll allow those things... To influence what we say. Because we love somebody. Because we, uh, we want them to be happy. We know what they want. We want them to... And, and that would move in the flesh now. That would move a man to just say what people want to hear. But God help us to hold the line. To speak the truth. And to speak the word of God. So he came to the king. We're now in verse 15. And said unto him, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? So the king is asking him now the same question that was presented to the prophets of the groves. Shall we go, or shall we stay? What is the directive of the word of God? Now we've already said Ahab's not interested in hearing this. Ahab already knows what God's going to say to him. He knows he's not where he ought to be. He knows that he's left God way back in the depths of his heart. He knows that God is against him because of his sin. And he knows it because the word of God has revealed that to him in the past. So he's asking here. And the only reason that Micaiah is here is because Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, asked for the word of God. And so here the king asks him, and he answered, go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. So look at how Micaiah answers. He does just exactly like he was told. Now you can say, well, he was, but he's not. He's following the directive of the Lord and he answers just like he was told. He says exactly what the king wants to hear. But notice this. And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? Ahab knew that that was not what God had said. Ahab knew that God would prophesy something. He knew it wasn't the truth. So when all of these prophets of Baal are prophesying it, did he not know that that was not the truth? Certainly he did. He knew this. Let's say this. He knew it wasn't the word of the capital L-O-R-D. He knew that it was not the word of Jehovah, that God did not speak that. Boy, I tell you how unmistakable the word of God as moved by the Holy Spirit is in the mouth of a man of God with such conviction and power. And You know, man, man is able to, in the flesh... Man is able to work up the flesh of man. He's able to get man stirred up in himself. He's able to work on emotions and get tears to flow out of the eyes. He's able to work up guilt and make me feel shamed and guilty. But man cannot speak in the weight and the power that the Holy Ghost does down in the depths of the heart. That is a speaking that as those officers said to the Sanhedrin, no man spake like this man. That is the way the Holy Ghost communicates to man, and it's unmistakable. The word of God is unmistakable. It comes as in Mount Carmel with a fire that the prophets of Baal are unable to bring. The Holy Ghost of God speaks in a manner that when he does speak, it's known. So Ahab says, I've told you before, only tell me the truth. This is a, I realize, easy to read over, but it's an interesting thing here. Ahab says, look, I don't want to call him. I hate him. He prophesies evil. Here they call him. He comes. And in amongst this, all of these prophets of the groves, they're chanting. They've got horns of iron. They're saying, go to battle. You're going to win. You're going to have the victory. And Micaiah comes and he prophesies and says, go on and prosper. And Ahab knows it's not the truth. Think Think about the dynamic here. That Ahab knew that all of this was untrue. And yet Ahab's going to follow that anyway. Now that's the way man is in his flesh. Man may know the truth down in the depths of his heart. At one time he did anyway. But as a man beholding his natural face in a glass, he goes on and forgets about the truth. That's what Ahab's going to do. But right here, Ahab says, you're not telling me the truth. That's not the word of God. So Ahab is saying, I know that God does not want me to go into this battle. I know that God is not going to bless me if I go to this battle. I know that this is not something that God has commanded me to do. So you're lying. Now speak me the truth. Boy, you think about the way to, of just that. Man, that says a whole lot about Ahab's nature and his thought. And we're not going to get through this chapter anywhere close today. So I think we're going to stop right there. And again, I, I'm thankful for the opportunity to record again. I'm I'm thankful for each one of you that take the time to listen. I know time is valuable. I know sometimes it's hard to find any time. But I'm thankful for you I'm sorry that it's been so long in between. We'll do our absolute best to not allow that to happen at least that long uh, again. And hope this Word of God can be a help to you. We'll pick up right there in verse 16 of chapter 22 next time. Hope you have a wonderful week. We love you. And may the Lord bless you. Pray for us.